source energy, blessing us with adversity, birthing visions of freedom, where curses used to be, yeah, source energy. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of True Chat, a community podcast, a May music production, and I am your host, Joy of Joyful Sounds, and yes, we are still in season six those of you all, yes, I've lost the count. <laughs> that means I'm doing the work, y'all, really. Throughout this episode, you all, ooh, it's good, good, good stuff. You all will hear topics mentioned like how are we as an African people enfranchised? The difference between being enslaved and being colonized. More relatable topics like growing beyond superficial borders those borders actually being much more closer to home than we as a people are willing to admit let's look at social media the monitoring of usage and engagement how how often are you parents monitoring the usage and facetime in real time, your children, your youth have or engage, interact with technology, more so virtual reality, social media. Hmm. But guess what? They're monitoring it. Mm-hmm. The engagement with our cell phones, the agreement we made in order to play the game of the new world. They monitor your usage for you so that you don't have to remember or you don't have to worry about it. Here, let me give you something to think about, an example of what this does. For all you old schoolers, do you remember when we used to write phone numbers down or remember the hell out of them? Okay. <laughs> Who's doing that now? What has that taken away from you? Or had you develop into or out of things to think about and to connect with what we're saying throughout this conversation and others. We actually continue to give our power away, especially through these social media platforms. So, OK, I told you all that I was kicked off of Facebook or put in Facebook jail, I guess they call it. And this has now been going on two months. So the medium or the platform that I used in several instances where I use it to market and advertise the events that I have for Joyful Sounds, which is a business, a company with no way to communicate or get in contact with anybody to dispute not even knowing if I was hacked, not knowing why I'm kicked off, to only find out two months later that, did you, by the way, did you all know that the information and the content that you upload to these sites, specifically Facebook and Instagram, they, it is now their intellectual property. How many of you all knew that? entirely too much power we have given away i have given away you're also going to hear mention of uh, dna 
and things that are passed down through the blood. So you all hold on to your hat, open your hearts, be ready to receive. And I'm going to ask you all to dig a bit, dig a bit deeper. Let's go past those initial thoughts, even the second, third, the second, third, fourth, and fifth reaction. Let's start going deeper within ourselves, admitting and owning our intention, our initial intention. We can do this. So let's go. Let's go. everybody welcome back to another session and yo when i tell you y'all about y'all faces about to hit the floor okay this information that you're going to get today is one that you should definitely not put in the archives but put it in the archives use it today but make sure you file it away as we always do on true chat we introduce ourselves so brother please tell these people who you are hey how you doing there Peace, Joy. I definitely want to thank you for having me on the platform. It is your brother, Putu. Putu Gatakwafinam. People know me as the Liberian American Pan Africanist. And um, I am a artist slash activist, visionary, among um, other things. And I'm just, um, you know, I'm privileged to be on here on your platform chop it up with our people and we're blessed and very fortunate to have you on here you mentioned that you're a liberian pan-africanist before i go into asking any questions i'm pretty sure our listeners are not necessarily familiar with what that means can you give us a little breakdown on what it means to be a a pan-africanist but not just a Pan-Africanist, a Liberian Pan-Africanist. Well, <clears throat> well, um, yeah, Pan-Africanist, Pan-Africanism, you know, there's um, a few different um, um, variations of the ideology itself, but Pan-Africanism in a nutshell is the idea that um, Black people, no matter where you are, Black people, no matter where you are in the world, that um, are, are interconnected because of the way that the white systemic, white supremacist system um, was built. You know, in Africa, we had colonization. In the States, the US, Caribbean, you have slavery. Um, chattel slavery, you had um, in other parts or, or all, all around the world, we find ourselves as black people, African people have found ourselves victim to a certain system that, have, that has put us in um, a very bad condition as it relates to that global system. So instead of looking at ourselves as just an African American or just a Jamaican or just a Liberian, Nigerian, so on and so forth, we see ourselves as unified together in our struggle and not separate from each other. From each other. Now, the Liberian-American Pan-Africanist, right? And the Liberian aspect is, for those of you who may or may not know, 
Liberia is a country that was actually built or born out of the whole struggle, America's struggle um, for what to do with the so-called black free man in America. In the early 1800s, there were a lot of slave revolts, slave rebellions, an awakening going on around amongst, um, you know, the, the slaves, you know. Um, and I must say that there were always free African-Americans too, you know, in, um, during, um, in early American history. But what happened is that the power structure at a certain time realized that it may be beneficial to get segments of these freed African-Americans outside of America and, um, you know, take them somewhere else. And in this case, it was West Africa. And there was a settlement, a colony that was established in 1822 by the American Colonization Society. And that colony eventually turned into the nation of Liberia when it gained its independence on July 26th of 1847. You know, um, 1847, this is a good, like 13 years before the American Civil War, in fact. But um, it's a big part of American history that um, a lot of people only scratch the surface on. But so that's Liberia. And, um, and then you also have Pan-Africanism. Okay, we're gonna come back because I want you to give a little bit more into the into why it's been scratched over the surface. But before we do that, we got to catch people up. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about this podcast so that you have a better understanding of how and why I asked some of the questions that I asked and asked for the explanation. So this podcast is is centered in Inglewood, Chicago. And Inglewood, Chicago, as I like to call it, it's the, well, Chicago in general, I call it the belly of the beast. Inglewood is definitely the core. Uh, I see Inglewood as the last frontier. And the reason I use that, that term, that terminology to describe Inglewood is because it's the last community inside of Chicago neighborhood community that hasn't been fully gentrified. And it's a fight. Black folk are fighting, people of color are fighting, but don't really understand the depth of it. It's just something that comes out of us naturally, you know? And it's almost like, well, this is my shit. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta, I gotta protect my, I gotta protect my, my block, you know? And that is a lot of where it comes from. And I won't be moving. It's a, it's a, strong warrior energy, but without really knowing the true history and where it comes from, I find that a lot of times we fight, but we end up fighting each other and allowing that agent to jump in and off of us differently to keep us in this continuing cycle. So it looks like we hate each other, but they still can't penetrate. <laughs> You know, and I found that they have used a different race to penetrate without speaking on who and what that race is. That race doesn't really have a real connection to a specific land because really it's all 
theirs, so to speak. A lot of times you just got to meet people where they are <laughs> in the conversation so that they understand where you're coming from, so that they can even catch a, catch a clue to get the full message. Indeed. You mentioned uh, colonialism and slavery. What is the difference between the two when it relates to Black people over here? As it relates to Black people in America. So it's like slavery uh, in that context of like, you know, the, the, the uh, like Black people, um, um, it's like, you know, when we were used as, um, you know, the laborers to build up, to build up the economy, to build up the industry, free labor, you know, um, forced free labor, no pay, you know, um, living on the plantations. I mean, we, we've, um, I, I think most people are familiar with um, slavery, like, like slavery in that sense. And that's what we've seen a lot of it in um, the uh, Western hemisphere, you know, the Americas, the Caribbean, and parts of South America, and you know, other parts of the world as well. And what it is, is like when the so-called new world, you know, the Western hemisphere was like being, um, let's say, industrialized, you know, after the industrial, the, you know, during the industrial revolution, the age of discovery and all that, the temperature, the weather, the climate, the overall, you know, makeup of some of the conditions in these places, it was as such that the European was not able to survive in those conditions and build and build it up in the way that they needed to. So the indigenous populations of the people, especially in Africa, who are all over the world, but they saw and recognized how we were more able to, knew, the, um, the, knew how to survive in these type of conditions and things like that. So the whole industry of slavery um, in modern times to build up the modern industrial economy, that's how we were used. Now, Colonization is more so the political aspect of it, where you don't necessarily, you're not enslaving the people like through physical, through uh, um, physical labor, but you um, kind of um, con conquer their land, so to speak, and create a situation where you are taking your empire wherever you come from and you are making an extension of that into their territory. So if you remember like the early American history where the 13 original colonies were formed, it was like the extension, the people who came from Europe, you know, they imposed a, a new, uh, were imposing a new system in the, uh, the Americas so there was 13 original colonies that were set up. So it was the representation of whatever their vision of the new political system and it was going to be. So there were, that was colonization of this land and they used slavery, industry of slavery to build it up. So colonization is more so you would see that in um, 
Africa and even places in the Caribbean, places that were colonies of European nations. Like one of the most famous ones is like the, the um, England, the UK, British, you know, you the Spain, Portugal, French. These are countries that are synonymous you hear that they colonize this country or colonize these people. And the reason why it's so relevant is because let's say, let's take the, uh, let's say the, Brit the British, you know, they colonize what we now know as Ghana. They colonize what we now know as Nigeria, what we now know as Kenya. And those are the, you know, the Anglo-Saxon, you have the Anglo-Saxon um, countries in Africa. Then you also have the Francophone, and that's like the French um, colonies, right? And that's in Africa. But also the, you know, France and, 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 and Britain, for example, they also colonized areas in the Caribbean and, and, and South America. So for instance, we all know Haiti. Haiti, that's like the French, okay? Jamaica, that's the British, okay? And um, Dominic, Dominican uh, Republic, um, the Spanish. So it's like when we have us, our people, the indigenous, the indigenous people, the melanated people who were in those areas, for a person who is from Jamaica, a Jamaican, but Jamaica was colonized by the British. But there's a Ghanaian too, who country was colonized by the British as well. All right, Nigerian, okay, Kenyan, okay, or for French, they colonized Senegal in Africa. They colonized the Gambia in Africa, but they colonized also area like um Haiti. So those people, somebody in Haiti would speak French, can speak French. Somebody in Senegal can speak French or Gambia can speak French or somebody in uh, Ghana or Nigeria, they can speak uh, English or, or pidgin English. But in Jamaica, they speak English or we we'll call it like a patois or stuff like that. So um, we have elements of their culture in us in the modern day, but we see ourselves, I'm a Jamaican, or I'm a Ghanaian, or I'm a Nigerian, or I'm a Haitian, or I'm a Senegalese, when really there's some common, a lot of commonalities that we share. And Pan-Africanism is the philosophy and the ideology that taps into the areas where we connect, where we have a shared common history in recognizing that there's parts of our history or a lot of our history that a dark history that was done by the same people. So it's in our best interest to work collectively to get out of that because that's what they did. The British, they were in Africa, they were in the Caribbean, they were in America, they were all over the world, right? The French, they were thinking globally. The Spain, Spanish, they were thinking globally. Why do we have to only think as a small little region, wherever we at. And that's part of the problem. And that's what they like to keep us divided. So the more divided we are, oh, I'm a this, and we can break it down even further on into the cities, or I'm from the South side, or I'm from the East, the West, or whatever, or Englewood, this, this and that. That's even a smaller piece, you feel me? Mm -hmm. And what we have to do now, this time now, is to start to 
grow beyond those superficial borders, those lines, like, and realize that we are stronger together and we're only going to survive if we start coming together more. So that was that was beautiful. <laughs> that breakdown was beautiful. That was a conversation that I was having with the individual a couple of weeks ago about the difference between who we are in America as opposed to the other countries that have had slavery or, you know, had, yeah, like I said, had slavery. The difference between being colonized and then being used from colonization. So uh, thank you for that breakdown. With that, what do you think the mindset of the difference to? So countries, black, predominantly black countries and or African countries that have been colonized and then slaves, country uh, like us, the people that come from this country that were slaves or descendants of slaves. What do you feel the difference in the two mindsets are? Uh, that's a great question, and uh, it's, it's a great. Thank you for that because the perceived differences is, you know, what um, the enemies of progress hone in on and um, to keep us divided. Let me also make a, dis, uh, a disclaimer too that we've always been interconnected. You know, there are. It was a Haitian that helped to um, establish Chicago. You know, you know the Maroons, the Geechees, the Gullahs for for the over the past couple of hundred years, centuries, we always were kind of interconnected, spread. So there's elements and residue and DNA of us all, wherever we are, you know what I'm saying, already off rip, you know, even if it's your great, 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 great grandmother or your great, great, great grandfather, that blood is in you. If they didn't survive or if their generation stopped there, you wouldn't exist. You know what I'm saying? So um, we have to remove ourselves from the mindset of like, okay, we so totally different. Now, the reason that there is like somewhat of a, some differences, right? When you look at the groups of Africans, of Black people who um, are in the more so developed world, you know, when you looked at like Europe or America, because for the last couple of hundred years or whatever, it's like, oh, it's Europe and America, you know, um, or like superpowers countries in you know um in, in europe america and of course you had you have um place in in asia as well but I'll, I'll let's speak to just europe and america you know as like developed nations developed um countries these are the beneficiaries of what we call the industrial revolution okay and for those of y'all who don't know what the industrial revolution is the industrial age and the industrial revolution is when there was advancements in technology that were able to change the way of life for people, the everyday citizen. Like just for example, y'all remember, y'all, for example, imagine right now today if there was no cars or um, what would we be doing? We riding horses or whatever, walking or whatever it is. It is because there's been advancements in technology over the ages 
that led us where we can have cars. And then even with the cars, this new technology, this advancement within the technology, you can do, you can talk about communication with the phones. Okay, we got cell phones and smartphones now. 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have that. We had the beepers and all of that, right? So the people, those of us as black people who are found in these industrial areas or these uh, countries who have been the beneficiaries of these industrial revolutions are, are part of what they call the so-called first world or developed world, right? But when you look at those who are coming from the so-called third world in Africa, the so-called third world in the Caribbean and other, and other areas, the living conditions all right, are a bit different all right, when it comes to electricity, when it comes to um, technology and when it comes to whatever it may be. So there's the perception, let's say from those who are from the so-called third world who are from these, you know, Africa or places in the Caribbean who they look at Black Americans as if, um, like, so-called, like, they got it, they, 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 are, they, they, they should be good. You know, you're in America, you got access to all this stuff that we don't have. We, you know what I'm saying, like, speaking from, like, third world perspective or whatever. And it's like, so I'm trying to come over there to where you at, you know, and that's why sometimes when you see immigrants who come to America, it's like that hunger. They they trying to get it because um, the the country, the places they're coming from, um, a lot of the safety nets and a lot of the things that are over here are not there. But the thing about it is what a lot of times people don't realize who are coming from as immigrants to America is if they don't do the history of what it was to be a African-American or foundational Black American over here, the struggle, the challenges of what it is, it can lead them to have a, to look down on African-Americans and like, you know, like, yo, y'all lazy or yo, y'all ain't doing this or like, yo, I, I, I just came from Africa and I'm doing this and what, what you want, you know what I'm saying? And then flip side, as African-Americans, especially before the internet, all the visions and all the imagery that we getting of people from Africa, the Caribbean or whatever is real primitive and real like negative and everything like that. Um, definitely, you know, um, because you know that America may be more developed or whatever like that. So there's just, all right, we got it over here. Some, if, if they don't know the history too, of the industrial revolution to what I talked about and how everything came to be, it can lead one to just think that, oh, these people are savages or these people are or whatever, you feel me? Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is like when we connect, because there's a middleman with the media and the propaganda who wants us to be divided, who wants us to have these differences, they, when we, when we meet each other, we got these stereotypes of each other and if we don't peel away at what really going on, it leads us to clash. Picking up the pieces, being policed by the least of the beast. 
And I still put up the peace sign Cause I'm reminded every time I stay silent Another piece of my soul is over to the blind You dig? Now most people like to be present but live in the past I may be guessing memories are best when they last longer than the last Longer than the last Yeah Sometimes they keep you so searching, so desperately wanting to get back to that place that she once knew She suppressed and grew into tumors inside the womb Rumors say it's a gift to Oshun But others swear it's the mark of the moon So now to whom shall I be faithful to Knowing I'm grateful for the two Am I supposed to choose? I'm in the belly of the beast Picking up the pieces Being policed by the least of the beast And I still put up the peace sign Cause I'm reminded every time I stay silent Another piece of my soul is handed over to the beast blind Feel me, you dig. The bigger picture in 3D is all they can see, and just maybe the fourth dimension is way bigger than me. A space where we can all venture to be free, as free as the leaves fall from a southern winter tree. Can y'all see that? Cause only I can see what's next through this hex Ogon, Ogun, oh God is too soon Like Muhammad Ali on a cereal box of weedy A message a whole decade too late Keeping oppressed people waiting Making it way too deep Guaranteed to put them asleep You feel me? Picking up the pieces We in the belly that you are speaking of or perceived differences come from at the end of the day it's all boils down to like you know just we, we we we've been in different places we've been in different regions and in america there's places in america that are better than other places in america too not all of america is the same you know what i'm saying and so we cannot be fooled to just take things on face value Okay, think about adaptation. Let me just let me make a little point real quick, right? There are some people right now who may be somewhat conscious and know what's up, a black, you know, African American, whatnot. They may, I'll be frank, you know, you like if you're used to a certain way of life, okay, like electricity, toilet, you know, flushing bathroom, all of that, right? 
and you go to certain areas around the world where it don't have that, you might be like, shit, man, damn, excuse my, we can, we can cuss on here. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might be like, damn, no AC, no, no, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you, you know, you might be used to a certain standard depending on how you came up or whatever. Right. You know, and even like food stamps and, you know, like certain things that are in America, you won't find that in other places around the world. Like there's no food stamps. If, if you out there, you grinding, you hustling and whatever, but vice versa for African-American to come to America, or African or somebody who came from the Caribbean thinking that America is all sweet and everything is all good. There's, there's uh, streets of gold. There's two, three, four shifts. And you seem like, damn, you just in the rat race. You like, damn, this is a struggle out here. It's a different type of struggle, but it's a damn struggle. And then you got white supremacy, the, the political system, the, the, the police and all that. It's a more sophisticated type of slavery they got going on mentally and spiritually that it's like in other parts in Africa or Caribbean, you don't, you don't got to go to the grocery store to get something to eat. You go on some trees, you get a pull of mango. You know what I mean? You pull some coconuts, you can find a way. And we have more of a communal way of living where even if you don't have something like this, that community, that sense of a community more in, 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 in other places around the world, that capitalistic mindset in America is like, it's, 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 it's more about the individual, the capitalistic, capitalistic system. You got to go out there and do it on your own. Oh, you on your own, bro. Like, yo, you don't got to shit. Ain't, ain't shit I can do for you. You know what I'm saying? But like back in the day, even here, we had more of that here, especially even through segregation. Like we have more of a community, like or a village raising the uh, family, the kids and everything like that in Africa and uh, other places like the Caribbean or whatever. You still see a semblance of that community there. That's like when you like um, that's kind of missing from America, an American lifestyle. You know what I mean? So there's benefits, if you will, on both sides, and there's negatives, if you will, on both sides. What we have to do is take the best elements of all sides, of both sides, of everywhere, and formulate a system that works for us. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel like we should do that? In other words, because that was the that was what I was you end up started you started answering the question before I could a- ask it was how do you my bad no <laughs> that's what's up that's when you know you have really done the work you know what I mean it's not just about talking like my mentor used to call it a uh, intellectual masturbation <laughs> um, mm, actually yeah. going out doing the work bringing people together. And so a lot of what I do here in in Inglewood is I think I've made the comment to you before that you really like we're no better than our weakest link. It might seem harsh to say it that way, but the understanding is just like the people at a level that they may not be they may not be as conscious of what's going on in the in the world, uh, even within all this technology you have they've been misguided so again meeting them where they are when they don't really think it's necessary to be hearing shit like this the things that we're talking about how do you oppose or suppose 
oppose and suppose that we work together with with that with that kind of mindset bringing our best together how do you how do you meet those people meet our people where we at when it comes to that low energy that low vibration that dark energy that we can't seem to let go especially with it being glorified by the others yeah um appreciate that question too and um it's a challenge we do know it's a challenge and i can't say that it's not it's, you know you know emphasize that enough but i will say that um what it is is like when you're in a fight or flight situation a survival mode you know um sometimes you don't have the time to process and kind of think about what's going on you just, it's, just, it's just all about survival I, I need to survive right now you know what i mean and i think that um one thing that we don't do enough when i say we i'm speaking more of those let's say those of us who know what's going on know what's happening like you know what i mean especially those who are like who who are more let's say life when you have life experiences and you and you and you and you like you can relate there's a different way you can break something down than if somebody who is not able who may not have been through certain things to where you know certain people can understand it and i think the disconnect a lot of times has been is like those who and read all the books and gone to school and got all the accolades and degrees and all of that you can't just um preach and say oh this this is this, this and that because it's like you're not relating to the person's current experience of what's going on or even acknowledging it that it exists you know what i'm saying like if you can acknowledge like yo man shit is fucked up right now and i feel you i understand in fact you know i remember this i remember when i went through this xyz and you know this is how because at the end of the day we're talking about people who let's say the streets or whatever there's um there's rational people within the streets you know what i'm saying if you if you if you if you tapped in there's there's a consciousness there you got what they call what it is a real nigga or whatever you know what i'm saying like that energy like there's people who know right from wrong but just fucked up just feel like just and and are doing what they feel is best for them to survive you know what i'm saying to thrive even if it's messed up of course you got the people who cool flexing and you know and just like you know whatever you know erratic and like you know just completely tapped out but you know when we able to relate more to the real ones who are caught up and and we able to connect with them and not just label everybody this because of the condition and the situation you may find them in then then you starting to pull people in the woodworks and what the system did over the years is they broke down and destroyed and killed and locked up a lot of the brothers who had that kind of brothers and sisters who have that type of connection who have the knowledge and information but also have the ability to connect and speaking to chicago in particular for those who don't know the 
the history of like street organizations, I won't say like gangs or whatever, but street organizations, which started out as a way that was a benefit to the community and to protect the community. So you had strong, upright individuals who stood up, who stood up and said, this is how we gonna do it. This is how we gonna you know, do what we gonna do and protect ourselves and raise men and women, you know what I'm saying, the right way. When like Chicago is like a motherland as they call it, you know, of that, you know, street organizations, like, you know, even the, the, B, the B's, the C's, the GD's, the Peace Stone, all of, all of that, you know, you, you may know, you know the history more than I. I've just, you know, happen to, um, you know, cross paths and move around. I understand, I know what's up. And what the system did when they recognized that, they were like, oh, because a lot of that came from the remnants of the Panthers and a certain energy, a certain cloth. They made sure to put elements in the way of, of those people, you know, get, you know, people hooked on drugs, you know, do divide and conquer and disrupt that. So over the course of time, those people, those individuals who have, who had the ability to reach the other people, young ones, young warriors, and polish them and take that revolutionary or that warrior energy and cultivate it and put it in something that can be a benefit to the society. They took them out, they locked them up, they, and, and confused people. And then now it's just an all-out war. And then it just turned out into an all-out war. So the OGs of today are not like the OGs of 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's, di it's a difference. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But thankfully, I will say, because of the internet, ironically, more pe people, the remnants, people who are remembering and flexing, the people who, who caught on still remember um, are being connected not just even on the city, Chicago level, but I'm talking about nationally and internationally, people are connecting. Because what happened to Chicago is the same thing that happened to Liberia and other places, Haiti, other places, divide and conquer. You feel me? So we're able to connect with them, with people, if we acknowledge the pain, if we acknowledge the, the what's happening in life. It's not just people killing going on reckless. Reckless. Sometimes it's a, it's a get back because you feel hurt, okay? Hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Somebody take your brother, take your sister, take your whoever, you know what I mean? You feel like you got to get back. And then they just keep on going back and forth over, you know, and then it's just like, before you know it, you're just in it. And like, until somebody says, you know, like, yo, hold up, man. You know, and then we start getting some reconciliation and some healing energy and some apologies and some you know and some remorse and some some of that therapeutic yeah. energy <laughs> then you know what i mean we could start like getting somewhere like yo man like yo i'm fucked up man you done lost some folks i done lost some folks we like yo we can't we got like yo we gotta dead that shit you know what i'm saying like we can't keep on going on that way when when you start hearing that type of energy and then there was some of that i, I know there was used to be like um there was like a you that know, was what, that was, I, yes, that was what before they took Larry, before they took him, that was his thing. He brought all fa all fac facets, the five point 
the six point he brought them together, and that was he started speaking that language, and they took his ass. They took his ass. You know, he's not he's nowhere nowhere near Chicago right now. His son is here. Exactly. But you find that even with even with his family, his lineage, they they are in a box. You know what I'm saying? Just the same as Fred Hampton's son. Fred Hampton Jr. Beer can speak to this brother. Like, I knew that the people that he had surrounding him didn't understand his brain, didn't understand and his brain really being his heart, where he's really coming from even after the things that they've witnessed and seen. Because if they did, it's a whole bunch of things in the way that we all live that would immediately change. And people will say, well, shit ain't that easy. You know, you've been doing this for so long and that for so long. Uh, I say I beg to differ because the minute they put out, put on these goddamn masks, everybody had them on. Everybody had the mask on, whether you believed it or not, because it was something that you wanted. If you wanted to go into this damn store, you had to wear that mask, right? You had to wear the mask, whether you felt you believed in that shit or not. But I want to get these uh, these scruples over here. So let me put this mask on so I can go go do that. And to me, mm-hmm. the the uh, the mindset in the alley is just that simple. So it's something that you said that that whole acknowledgement, and that is what I have been. That's what I'm very heavy on. I always talk about me shutting the door on every other race. Let's just deal with us. We got to start talking about our shit. The minute we do that and we start to build, it's going to be a light that shines and it's going to fuck people's eyesights up because they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand. They're already looking and trying to figure out how these niggas, how these motherfuckers surviving. We keep throwing this shit. We keep doing that. What's going on? That is our claim to fame. That is what we bring to the table at the end of the day that you have. To me, you know, where slavery sets in and so forth and so on, the lack mentality. So I try to approach people, my people, everybody, but particularly my people when I'm talking and speaking and meeting and having these circles. And through the podcast is about like uh, healing groups that I talk about 100 percent responsibility. Let's not talk about what somebody did to you. Give people the opportunity to show themselves, give people the opportunity, give yourself the opportunity to account for who you are and what you've done on this planet within your circle, you know? And so that to me, what you just said gave validation, another validation to what it is I promote and try to do here in this community. And that is, hey, 100% responsibility. I'm always talking about accountability. I'm not dealing with systemic racism. I know that. And there's a lot of people out there with their feet on the ground and hands in the pot that are directly dealing with that. But nobody is touching us with a heart in their heart space. Nobody is dealing with us to get the healing because when you know all of that shit, then what do you do? You can take that information and still continue to build what they're looking for you to build. So. Definitely. I'm just saying it's so true, like um, healing. Um, and I mean, I would say like, you know, I'm a relatable individual. I could, I could chop it up with, with anybody, any race, you know what I'm saying? Any, any, anybody. And, and it's like, I ain't, I ain't on that. I mean, I know people, you know, people, different people have the way of how they, 
how they, you know, when it comes into the movement or whatever, and so uh, I'm uh, strictly this, strictly that, whatnot. And the thing is, ironically, that that comes from like, a, you know, a, a hurt and pain. It's like, cause cause we know how fucked up, you know, other races have been to our race and shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, but the thing is, we have to reserve a space to, for that very reason, we have to reserve space to deal with our own shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like family business. You know yeah. what I mean? Everybody don't, and the thing is, our pain, our struggle is just out there. You know what I'm saying? In front of everywhere, and we, and like, so fucked up, we don't even have the time. Like, just think about what has happened to us collectively over the last several hundred years alone. Like, the type of things that have been done to us, you know, collectively, the atrocities, the the economic, the lynching, the raping, the like, I mean, these things carry trauma from generation to generation. So that's to say that never mind what you've been through in your personal lifetime, your physical life, the one that you can, you know, you know, vividly, you know, oh, this happened in my lifetime. But you carry the trauma of your mother your father, great grand, great so on and so on, and your family and everything is passed down genetically. Mm-hmm. There's studies that show that it's in your DNA, it's in your subconscious. You don't know why you act in a certain way, but it could be something that happened to you, to your great grandfather that just triggered and bent down and, and you and you and you reacting and you think that it's just because of you, but it's a trauma reaction. You feel me? Yeah. So because we haven't had the time to deal with that and then we deal with new shit, you know what I mean? And distractions and all type of it. It's like you're always in the constantly, you're always in a constant, like on, on edge, you know what I'm saying? And you can't figure it out. You know how sometimes you might say, yo, I need some time to figure it out. I need some time to figure it out. But you, we, only be, we only relate that to something like specific, like maybe something crazy just happened and you're not in the right mind. You know what I mean? You need some time. Hold on, give me some space or whatever. Like we do it for those small instances or relatively like a specific instance, but we, we need to do that for all the shit we've been through, like collectively over time, generations and all that. You feel me? Like we need to, it's that big. You feel me? And that's like, yo, we need. Yes. (laughs) You know? So I got a whole Liberia, we got a whole movement called Liberia Hughes you know, initiative. So this healing thing is exactly, you know, um, and this is a 10 year anniversary going on. Yeah. This year, August going to make it 10 years that we initiated it. And Liberia Hughes was established for that very reason. Seeing the brutality uh, that the civil war inflicted on Liberia, Liberians. Um, and the way that we are Liberians relate to each other, as well as the things that happened before the Civil War, like generations ago. Mm-hmm. Like, Liberians are still affected by that. And me and a few others, shout out the Jaws of a Living King in Liberia right now, and shout out to the late V. Ward. You know, we recognize that part of the reason that Liberia it's not moving forward in the modern time is that there's a lot of trauma and unpacked 
issues that we have not dealt with. And it's affecting the decisions we make politically. It's affecting the way that we relate to each other. It's reflecting, it's, it's, it's reflecting in everything. You know what I'm saying? It could be just, because let me give you the paint the picture. Civil war is as such where, and especially a civil war where there hasn't been some kind of resolve or some kind of um, some kind of um, understanding or justice or whatever, right? And that's what Liberia is like. There, some, there's, there's been no um, closure, so to speak, for the Liberian civil war, and there's reasons for that too. But anyways, um, so you have situations where people, a person might have murdered your whole family, like. And they're in the same community as you. And you, you're not saying nothing to them. You can't say anything or it's just regular or not even that. People who married, murder your family, but now they're in a position of, they're, they're like a senator in the country. They have a position of political power. They got money. They got, they doing this. And it's like, this the person that killed your family or killed, you know what I'm saying, friends or whatever. Um, and you you don't got nothing, and then now they 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 in the government in the Liberian government now, and um everything is just cool, you know, and this is the type of pain and pressure that that's just one example, and it's like very so many variations of that. You bringing me and that's coming to my mm -hmm. eyes right now because it's so that's so like on a on a on a based on a smaller level that's what happens here in chicago a lot in communities where amongst us you know what i mean where you find that somebody in your family was killed and you know that they you know everybody knows that they were taken out you everybody knows who the shooter is who the killer was but they did not get reprimanded for it. they weren't arrested they weren't even acknowledged to be the shooter and then you see this person in some kind of power position to control continue to control but now it's amongst us it's not even the others in the community right and so that brings ab about another thing of a sense of pain and they try like so it's some things that i brought that up in a in a conversation where they're doing like this restoration and trying to bring it where they reintroducing people into the community and so we have to do a self-regulation where we can make this amends and reintegrate, reintegrate people within the society. Yeah, that's a very powerful point you're making there. You know, like there are definitely a connection, and Chicago is, you know, like you know, there's other places obviously around the country, you know, country America, but like speaking specifically about Chicago and Liberia the type of energy, the type of revolutionary energy that's in these two places in particular um, is important to take note of. Okay, but speaking of what you just said now, as far as like people being like, so what that does is like, is a, how do you heal in a situation like that? How do you breathe? How do you grow? How do you be motivated? How do you move forward? And you feel like your loved one, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you can't, you know what I'm saying? And then 
that might be a trigger for you to do some shit that you don't want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm telling you, that's my family all day long. That's my family so deep. It and which is why, you know, I continue what I do. Cause I see it, I know it, and I'm I'm very clear on it. And so I can see it across and I see it in other other families, but they don't, they're not understanding the whole DNA part. So yesterday we had a conversation and the topic started off with the distraction of the Roe versus Wade overturned, that amendment being overturned. And we got so deep down the rabbit hole as to where we were talking about the whole DNA thing that we're, ta- we're talking about now and how we have these this trauma that carries on to, to the different generation. It, it is passed on from generation to generation and us not really understanding that. What can you give or speak on as it relates to the Roe versus Wade amendment that was overturned as being a distraction? Hmm. Let's, let's be, you know, clear straight up, you know, with this whole, with what's happening right now. We're at a time period right now where people are waking up. We're at a time right now where people are getting smarter with their money, their finances. We're at a time where, where more people are connecting the dots communicating with each other in ways like never before. And it's like, it's hard to stop. Like once the person is woke, you know, that pandemic shut, staying in the house, a lot of people got woke, started watching all type of, like now everybody who used to say things were conspiracy theories, now they're like, hmm, they scratching their head. Like maybe it's not a conspiracy theory no more, right? So the connection is like, these major things that are happen, happening, these laws that are being overturned and not just the Roe versus Wade, but that's the most recent major thing, right? Or one of the most recent. The power structure knows the impact of how these de- decisions are going to have on the masses. So in wanting to interrupt the um, progress of people coming together in order to interrupt the progress of people um, unifying and waking up and doing what they got to do to build. One reason that they do these things is to cause disruption. That's one. Of course, you got the agenda aspect as it as well. Now, within the context of the Roe versus Wade, that's more so has to deal with how, you know, a population control type of thing, you know what I'm saying? And how, and trying to regulate, that's really a message to, you know, a certain demographic or race to stop aborting their babies, you know what I'm saying? Because although the whole abortion thing, plant parenthood, eugenics, Part of it, a huge part of it was to, or the real reason was to, 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 to populate, to control the melanated people of the world and to like stop their not population, our population. But it backfired over the years because too many of the wrong race, quote unquote, is, you know what I'm saying, doing it. So 
that's part of the reason they say like in 10 years is going to be like, you know, so, you know, there's going to be a mismatch in terms of the population of the race. It's going to be more melanated people or something like that. Um, I don't know the quota offhand, but that's one element of there. But a huge other thing is the reason why they're doing that is to cause hysteria, is to cause disruption get people in a panic and and to get us to be talking about that and fighting each other about it. When really, we are supposed to have, when you don't control your culture, when you don't control your people, when you don't control your community, you leave it open for other race to make the, you know, laws and, you know, for this is what you got to do. And at the end of the day, even Mar that's Marcus Garvey said that when you depend on another race, to um set the uh to to rule you, you you're gonna it's a race that's is, is gonna somebody that's gonna enslave you. So we are supposed to have our own moral perspective, so to speak, when it comes to the issue of abortion, when it comes to the issue of just like how we relate um, as men and women and having life and whatnot. Like we're supposed to have some kind of understanding, like this is what we believe. But because we all, like our moral construct has been like disrupted and we look into other people to set the trend and to say this is okay or this is not okay and this is that's not even us. We we arguing over perspectives that is not even for us, that didn't even come from us. You know what I mean? Yes, you know, I'm in love when you start speaking my language. When you can relate to me when it comes to accountability, healing by taking that 100% responsibility, especially ancestral and spiritual in a spiritual sense. You, you feel me? <laughs> Let's go, Brother Putu. You heard him talk about Chicago in connections with Liberia and Haiti. Let that sit for a minute. Mm, yes. In order to continue or to get this healing that we talk of and we speak of, you must also be willing to receive knowledge, the truth. I see a lot of you all running in fear, fear of the truth, fear of yourselves, local politicians local community activists they get a lot of their information from the people literally and not acknowledging it <laughs> y'all got the right one after listening to this first part because there is a part two this brother and I talk for a good while and there's a lot of a lot more good information coming your way but after listening to this first part, is selling your soul for the sake of making it to another day worth it? Are we still stuck in that mentality, black people? People of Inglewood, I'd like to give a shout out to my sponsors and monthly supporters. Thank you all. I am your host, Joy of Joyful Sounds. Signing off and out. Peace. Feels my beard, the meat choked in the throat. A reason for living.
It is like everyone I might see adversity penetrating my communities, creating perceptions that we need to be freed.